0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of BushidoCast. I'm your host, Craig, joined by Jack and Colin. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello, Hi. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jack, you've been on the show before, so welcome back. And Colin. (laughs) Thank you. You're brand brand new to the show, uh, so uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, great to have you on board. And uh, no, yeah, thank,
1: thank you for the invite. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> um,
0: fantastic. So the the show today, we're going to focus on the grandmasters that we've all just been to. Just kind of recount our tales of um, uh, yeah, all the battles we had and the ups and downs and all that good stuff. Um, talk about some of our reflections and lessons learnt. And uh, yeah, then then maybe. Talk about the uh, the errata a little bit, how that's finalized. And uh, I think we've got a few listener questions, which is exciting. It's like a proper podcast. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: and interaction.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for uh, providing those um, listeners out there. So, yeah, very good. So, who, who would like to kick us off then?
2: Well, I think the, uh, the, best, the first thing we'll say would be to say, like, Congratulations um, to uh Gavin for well preparing Craig um for the masters. <laughs>
0: yeah, no thank, thank you. Yeah, actually I think Colin you probably uh, brought the brunt of that list a few times as well. So you a uh, good <laughs> yes, firing I, partner. I, I feel like uh,
1: I took a few beatings for you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was very good. But yes, I'd like to echo that. I mean, congratulations. Yeah, it was uh, good,
2: it was a good win wasn't it? Let's yes. be honest. No, thank you. A well thought out list, well practiced. And, um, the results sort of showed what, you know, focus on a certain thing would, uh, would do. So, um, and it also means that for all of us that wanted that fewer nerf, we, we, we've already got it. So, um, I think it was, as we've mentioned before, it's the fastest, newest model to get nerfed so quickly. Um, but yeah, she was, she was just bonkers and you, Used her to her maximum potential,
0: so, so everyone's everyone's a winner. So I can, I, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm happy <laughs> yeah, that was there. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but yeah, how guys. did you? So let's start with you then, Craig. Like, how did you find the day? Obviously, without the obviously, uh, we've already said the obvious, but yeah no
0: i'll be honest i I found it quite tiring (laughs) but i was was doing the drive up and uh yeah it was a long week so it was pretty pretty exhausted if i'm honest but um it's always fun to uh to to play bugido and meet new people and i really enjoyed that so it was fantastic to meet a lot of people that we only kind of um get to talk to via normally discord and things like that uh so it's great to put a, a face to a name and have a, have a few drinks the evening before um and yeah just have, have a bit of a, a social really so really enjoyed that part of it um four games is a bit daunting these days i remember when i used to do two-day tournaments but um yeah which which next year we might have to um but yeah yes. four, four games it was feels like quite a lot already um and yeah i so like the the list i took uh, it was kind of there was, there, there was already a Blood Brothers list out there with um, with Usha and Kimono, which I kind of had a little dabble with, and I quite liked the overall mechanics. Um, I think that was kind of designed to be more of a control list, but I was using it for more for dominate because I find that's really powerful with Talis. But I, and, I, and I I quite liked it. Um, uh, I just wanted to do my own thing with it, kind of thing, and and I had been playing with some of the URA models lately, particularly like the the Cajun and the skeletons and things like that. Um, And in the past, I've been playing a lot with Waku. So I sort of had all these ideas in my head, and I just thought, what if I put it all together? Would it work? And um, it was surprisingly good, actually. I mean, there is an obvious synergy between Waku and the Caden because you functionally get two models which are unkillable while the pot's around because Waku's got protected friendly, so you can just sacrifice the Caden. So that's pretty pretty um, annoying for your the opposition. They can't ignore him, uh, but uh, but he's got he's got a thing where he kind of as stuff is killed around him, he'll generate extra activations, um, and that's pretty pretty key to how I ideally use these. So the bug Brothers, they're all about burst damage. They do a lot of damage normally on turn two uh, with some extra movement that they can generate, and uh, that tends to fuel. Uh, waku who then goes on a bit of a, a, a sort of rampage it doesn't look like much but if the enemy is exhausted facing the wrong way fails his fear tests suddenly he's actually pretty pretty um competent at just like taking them down if he does it then he gets another activation so he he can chain a lot of models i think i've i think i've gone through five models in one turn with him before which in the size of warbands with bushido is uh yeah that's that's a game basically so he is a it's bit quite of substantial
2: a, isn't it yeah he, he's
0: a bit of a he's a bit of a uh, it doesn't look like much basically but actually when you see it on the table it's 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 pretty good um the i mean the the thing with the cage it, it does mean that if he wants to stay indestructible he's tethered to a fairly small part of the table so at some point he has to brave it and go out there um, but he's, he's, it's a toolbox model as well he's got a lot of other good things on the go and that's what I generally like about my, in my list anyway, I, I generally like to have a bit of a toolbox uh, so the Blood Brothers can generate um, or Baiji can generate uh, bows for them, so I've actually got a fairly good range game, and with the Caden, I can blind something and shoot it with the Blood Brother with Assassin, so I can actually do a lot of damage at range if I need to um, uh, Baiji can also generate uh, equipment, so he can give out um, some, some equipment to the Blood Brothers normally like the Rajan breath or something like that which people just, that you don't have it at the start of the turn so putting it out and then being able to apply it during the turn, it just changes the dynamics because it's not it's not forecasted um, so there's there's a lot of cool things you can do with that kind of that, that list um, oh yeah and I, I had the Gaki as well which is this really solid kind of scenario runner the model uh, who normally tends to like just um, uh, follow up and kind of a complete list really with uh yeah some some some, some useful tech um so yeah so I, I think it was cool i think one of the uh comments we had was blood brothers are uh, kind of like a fluffy kind of like uh uh yeah. sort of build um and, and they i think they are thematic there is a story behind them and they've got quite cool backstories and personalities um that you can read about but i think they've also got a lot. of potential because they can chain activate so that's when the list gets really um sort of a bit 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 nasty to be honest uh, because uh you know you've you've potentially got your opposition in a in a bad spot and then you start chain activating going from one blood brother to another um at the same time Waku's sort of building up all these extra activations so by the time they get to play the game there's not potentially a lot left of what you know if all goes well there's not a lot left for them to play with so um but that's Bushido I guess it's it's uh, well at least the way I tend to play Bushido is more about messing with my opposition's plans um rather than having perfect plans of my own which you know there's one way of playing um it's certainly I, my eyes were open to the other ways of playing in terms of having a very well thought out machine and uh, and knowing that inside yes. out and being able to apply it very well so I, I was really blown away by what some people were doing with like Ryu it's absolutely fantastic so uh yeah yeah I I think me and you are more Shiho players kind of you know kind of improvising uh so certainly in awe of anyone who can like you know have a have a very concrete battle plan um so yeah so no, but that it, it it obviously worked on the day and uh, it, I, I just liked the list really because it was an interesting mix of old and new models and um yeah like maybe uh, some were not necessary on the radar so it's just good to good to kind of bring those out and, and, and have a good go at them um, yeah because people may not have seen Waku for quite some time and things like that and uh, yeah so mm. it's, just, it's just cool to get him out on the label. Um so there that was that's pretty much my day
2: yeah because it's very similar to like we had it when Alistair did the whole Higane bullet train whatever you want to call her Last year, like everybody, was seemed to be shocked by the fact that you could do this, and it wasn't with anything particularly new. I mean, obviously, in this case, it's sort of different because you had the Caden, um, which basically meant that, like you said, there was two people unkillable. Um, do you think the list would function just as well without the Caden, or did you find it it relied a lot around her and what she brought to your to your war band? I, th- I think
0: she's. I think she gets a lot of attention. Um yeah and that allows the other models to do what they want to do um i did have already or yeah or breath of yure in play most of the time as well so that gives me some level of protection but she's quite good at um giving a bit a bit of air cover for the rest of the rest of the force to do what they need to do and like i said there are some really good synergies uh, like if you hire someone into a uh blood brother you're quite happy to do that because they're tireless so it tends to work out quite well for you Mm -hmm. they're quite good in combat or melee um if you if you blind someone um like i said you've got you've got a guy who's uh who's got assassin and potentially you've got a range weapon so that's a great combo as well um so she's uh, and, and obviously the waku trick so she had a lot of good synergies actually with the list so she's a very good model anyway and then she was synergizing really quite mm-hmm. well with the, the rest of of what i was up to so she made absolute sense to include in the list and um uh yeah she was uh, you know strong piece but i wouldn't say she was my mvp mm-hmm. i'd say that would go to waku uh overall or maybe shuang huang the uh the the combat Blood brother, but probably, probably
2: okay. whack you, yeah. And would you obviously it's slightly going off track on terms of rather talking about the mask? But obviously, we've, we've seen obviously yesterday or the day before Jason put up the, the final change, and, and she's now gained insignificant. Yeah. Um, which I think for a lot of people will think that's quite fair. Um, some might not actually see the full like, um repercussions of being insignificant they might feel that it's not doesn't feel that much but actually what we sort of discussed sort of off air like about the fact that you know she can't provide assists she can't do you know you you can just walk around her um, and things like that do you feel that she would still provide that same utility now or would that make you think you know if if Jason was to hypothetically say right next week we're having the Grand Masters would you think that you'd need to retweak or rework your list to To change around her, yeah. I
0: mean, it's it's just personal opinion. I think it's a fair balance, and it's one that I kind of uh, think was um, uh, not too heavy handed because I think she would still make my list going forward. Uh, She just wouldn't necessarily do all the things she used to do. Um, But the core of what I want her to do is still there, and she'll still do all that. So I don't see any fundamental issues there uh it just means that there are limits which actually i think almost every, every, every pretty much all the lesser uh and minor kami have um have that rule so it's something which yeah. generally you're, you, you're used to using kami so um yeah i mean hopefully people can understand why um but for me personally i think it's uh, it's a fair move uh like I said, I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it would I don't think it would necessarily completely change my tournament experience. Obviously it would have made things harder. Um but yeah, so hopefully that's kind of well measured because you don't really want a nice new shiny model to be kind of like fundamentally changed. Um but clearly it's a very good model, which I think we said pretty much from the outset that this looks like it's pushing the envelope a bit. So yeah, um I've not played with that rule, if you like, so I don't know for sure. And I normally yeah. do like to see how things play, but it feels about it feels intuitive and about right to me. Uh, so yeah, yeah. i, I, I yeah. don't see how it goes. So.
1: I think so. I having played into it, uh, and in, in your lists two or three times now, I'm not sure that would have had a huge uh, change in any of our games. Mm. Uh, just because of the way in which you utilize it, it's more yeah. of a um an interference piece than it is uh, in doing it outright any of those things that insignificant interacts with um but i was just going to wonder was there anything in particular that you faced that was a particular threat or, or was a good counter to any of your or your list of the masters
0: well i mean i definitely have had the cajun very well countered before not at the masters so um but actually, I mean, at the Masters actually was killed twice, properly outright, uh, removed from play permanently. Um, so it's you know it can be done. Um, the best counter I've seen to it was uh, the Tanaka Wolves. Um, so that's when uh, they've got they've got access to Talus as an, as a key feat, inactive key feat. So it's very hard to get mush out of your Aya. Um and their just their ability just to. Uh, obliterate even a, a durable model uh, because they've got quite good combo attack and pack activations and reliable um, stat line for bravery. So yeah, um, that that was that, that was really interesting to see because it is a really strong model, but uh, but it doesn't necessarily get the run of the table all the time. Um, and yeah, I think I think because people were very aware of what it can do, they did allocate a lot of resources to. Um, to to control it and destroy it. Um, Arguably, uh, you know, sometimes I think the investment they put into it was probably too much and they let the rest of the list kind of, you know, do do what they wanted. So it probably actually wasn't a bad thing for me. I think the best way it's been countered generally is just people who don't actually put much focus on it because it can only do so much, but then it is pretty it's pretty hard to ignore at the same time. So I, I, it is a bit of a, it's just a very, it's a, it's a model that harks a lot of questions. I think being very aware of ranges and distance and how much key it's got is critical to actually how it performs. And, but that's just like a lot of a lot of granular tracking you need to do throughout the game. So, you know, a, a bit like, you know, we were saying with Kinchy, it's like, you know, if you know the model very well, you can kind of better understand its limits, but, sometimes it just feels like you can do almost anything it wants and obviously it can't, but you know, it's just how it feels because everything it does seems to be automatic and, you know, you know, unchallenged. Um, When you're playing with it, obviously you have to work within the confines of the rules, but it does feel, it feels pretty oppressive at times.
2: Yeah. I think my struggle was, um, I think we played, I think when I played into her, I played into her in a couple of different scenarios that probably favored her. Um, but all snows really kind of feel like they favoured her anyway, because if it was a zone, you're always going to have friendly models close to each other. Okay, she's so just going to berserk them into each other. Um, if it's idols, that gives her an opportunity to respawn. So if you if you did manage to get rid of the pot, she's mm. probably not going to stray too far from a friendly idol. Um, obviously, before it was slightly different, because she could probably you know, manipulate um, an idol to become friendly, so that if she did die on like, an enemy territory, she's got an opportunity to to respawn which helps extend her threat. Um the reoccurring, never dying Vim because she's never actually dead. You know, I think that was the oppressive bit for me. I mean I spoke to Jason about it in, in length sort of before the Masters because I don't I like to think I'm quite level headed with the game. You know, even like you know when I come away from losing to Alistair 3-0 and Higane like killing five of my models turn one or whatever silliness it was I was like, right, okay, next time I could have just done this, 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 and maybe I would have had more of a fighting chance turn Mm two. Whereas, like the games where I've come away from her, it's just been like, don't really know what I could have done differently. Um, But I think the changes are a positive change that, you know, that see, I like to see how things play out. You know, I'm not one to just jump and say, oh, no, she needs this as well or that. So. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one to see. And obviously, we've got the new Caden as well. So it'll be interesting to see how, yeah. how she plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I won't absolutely. talk too much. I'll be honest with you, I've not really yeah, looked at the card true. yet properly. Um, but yeah, I know, I, I just remember Jason saying, well, if you like this one, you're going to love the next one sort of thing, like making yeah. the joke about <laughs> how good the next one is. But
0: Yeah, it looks, it looks really interesting. So uh, more more focus on the fear side, because it's been previewed. Uh, um, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, I I think he is a strong model, I you know, wouldn't yeah. say otherwise, but um, I, I just I guess I'm just trying to stress that Wacky really was like, you know... My, wacky my, was my, great, my, yeah. No, it sounds like
2: yeah. he um, caused a lot of problems for a lot of people. Um, how did you find, like... So, like, the Blood Brothers, like, obviously, as we've alluded to, like, one of the guys questioned, like, you know, they never thought it would be that, I think... I can't remember the exact question. like So They thought that it was a bit... They didn't bit seem fluffy. that competitive or they didn't have that yeah. competitive edge or yeah.
1: um,
2: stuff like that. So did you find that a lot of the lists, they, they worked really well because of what the rest of the list did or they were just a, a, like a distraction to what the I other think, bits were doing? Because I think for a lot of newbies, if you look at the models, they yeah. look really cool. But they, when they you are, read yeah. the cards, like they've got one activation. They start with death sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, of, it just feels like oh what what am i doing why do i start with these
0: yeah a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff going on at the same time so it's yeah. just sort of understanding how that all all works and they they are a bit of a puzzle to be honest and they are, operate kind of as a, as a as a small unit um but uh no i think they're i mean they're very good and um like you've you've basically got one very, very very good fighter who's worth way more than 16 rice um you've got yeah. a reliable bodyguard and uh you've got kind of a uh, a movement uh slash assassin model as well so they've they've all got their kind of roles to understand those roles yeah. and how Baichi fits into it all as well um they they are a bit vulnerable to anything that can throw a bit of a spanner into how they work which normally is anything that can mess with Baichi is a problem but they there's a lot of things that actually don't mess with them as much as you would think so like control actually Mm. isn't really a massive problem for them because of their talus so they will lose activations and if they're on just one that is not great but normally actually it feels like they have more than um than even two activations i'd say because as soon as you sci high up the table that's a walk for each of them um through Tarlis, it they often feel like they get an extra activation um they can yeah. actually have two activations through bai chi um so yeah it's it's not all that bad um you 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 can actually get a lot of a lot of work out of them and uh yeah i guess it's just knowing each of the you know, what each of the brothers is trying to do and how it all works together, um, it, they typically lead to a big turn two. And if that turn two goes well, fantastic. But if you mess it up, then yeah, it's going to be hard to recover from that because you might have overstressed them. Um, Baichi's probably uh, been left behind. And um, yeah, you, you, you may find your turn three kind of power level dips quite a lot. But I think mean, that's why this list was... Was, was good because if they did what they were meant to do then you had a second burst through waku who would suddenly come through um, you know hopefully lots of activations really to really to kind of you know claw at people who were in a bad position because of you know they would engage with a blood brother facing the wrong way and hopefully fell in the fear test and all that good stuff so that's suddenly what looks like a support model it's actually kind of brutalizing people and just chain activating because he's probably the last model you've activated and every time he kills someone he gets another activation and it just yeah just goes on so um <laughs> uh, he's, he's he's gone through a few uh horde war battles the brothers
1: are definitely oh yeah sorry sorry colin Go ahead. no i was just gonna say it was interesting earlier i know you mentioned that you know you don't um you know, build too many engines, and you you react more. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, in a gaming sense. But actually, the brothers are you know uh, an element, an engine element that you really always yeah, need to it's you need to know what the steps are, and you get them in the right order. And particularly that you know that turn one, turn two is absolutely critical for yeah. getting the brothers to work uh, and get them you know get them, hit, get them hit the ground running. So yeah, that's interesting that you. You know that's an element. I know you've you've kind of really honed and mastered. Um, you know to get that get that uh, first interaction working.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I'm liking the ponds mastered. Ponds, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, ponds, puns. To- the puns, yeah, sorry, not puns, puns. Loving
0: puns. Mastered that one. <laughs> compared to, compared to the Ryu machines I saw, this is more like a jack-in-the-box kind yes. of you know wind-up toy but yeah it's it's uh, <laughs> it still requires to be fair and and, and to your point Jack is like if i if someone new was picking these up you know in all honesty that would be the the thing that they would need to figure out kind of like you know what what what, what do you do with um, death sentence and and what um, how do they will to activate together and which which role does each one play yeah. um but i've, I've looked at
2: them a couple of times <laughs> i keep looking at them and writing sort of lists to put them in and i think the closest i've come to feeling confident is them in like a jung list with like nine models so it's like well those three yeah. only having one activation doesn't really matter because i've still got six others <laughs> that can do stuff yeah um like but it. i haven't got the I, thought process
0: i like i like uh i liked it with uh dominate that was really good um Cause it's such a good ability anyway so um but there's yeah like there's a lot of lot, there's a lot of lists that they go into and uh yeah I, I i think there's more mileage more different builds you can you can play around with i'm probably done with them for a while but i'm sure well hopefully other people will give them a bit of a go um but i, I but i think to the i guess to the, the listeners question it's like yeah they no, I think they're completely competitive. Or, you know, obviously I I, I rate them, um, but it, it's just the, the the puzzle is kind of what do you put with them because they're half your list. So what what do you put with them to make them work? And if I'm honest, um, that's that's really hard to actually figure out uh, because there's so many different things you could do, um, but uh, you've only got 50 rights to kind of you know play with. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's a tricky one. But there's there's a, there's so many different ways you can combine them with other things and it's great to have that kind of flexibility and choice but it's kind of you know it's almost like too many things you can do and you know trying to figure out which is the best one for you um it's a real conundrum but this this one worked for me and i think it was more just as i said at, at the start just pulling into models that i've been playing with li- lately and sort of you know solid models that i know kind of work well um and uh and then sort of making a list out of it that way rather than trying to kind of just Theoretically, think kind of you know what what would work, um, uh, but yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're just really good fun to play.
2: Cool. Um, one question I want to ask: I know it's come up, it's not come up a couple of times, um, but there's still been a couple of like sort of niggles towards order for battle. Um, yeah. did you find you tailored your list that much during the day, or was it pretty much the one list? fitted every game for you um, mm-hmm. yeah we, and did you think it made much of difference I mean there's been a couple of like negatives just still about you know order for battle being too strong um, even though when I've looked back at like the the, the long shanks ranking I think there was only three order for battle lists in the top 10 um, the rest yeah, all were, yeah. were were themed um, yeah so yeah I don't yeah, know if you got much use out of your sideboard or
0: I so I I would have been okay without a sideboard on this because I was only really using it to alternate between Warwary and uh, Breath of URA. And if I had to go for one, it would have been Warwary because that's almost always useful. Uh, Whereas Breath of URA, if they've got all six cents and it's not useful or or, or good access to that kind of stuff that counters it. So it, it, It was handy. I think I swapped it out twice during the event. Uh, So it was handy to be able to slightly optimize, but I think it was very much at the margins. I don't think it was doing me a a whole lot of good. Um, I guess what I was trying to do is almost counter other orders for battle lists because I wanted people to think I was going for Kato and actually I was always going to go for Waku so that they would put in their control tech so that when they sideboarded, assuming that, you know, people like to do that, then they would kind of get a suboptimal choice and I would just go for the thing that I wanted in the first place. So I was kind of, you know, as again, sort of my style of play, I guess is more kind of, you know, trying to trying to kind of mess with the opposition's kind of um, uh, strategies or, you know, uh, sort of make it kind of a game within a game. So it's like, that, that's, that's really why I was taking it. So it's almost like, Um, I was taking it to counter uh, Ordered for Battle rather than actually being um, a need for myself to have Ordered for Battle. Um, I could have easily taken the strategic deployment kind of list to get the same result. But obviously in this case, I knew that I wanted a certain set of models. So an alternative list would have been the one I mentioned earlier, the Savage Wave one with a back mono list that would have been like an alternative one where you're showing two very different sorts of list and the opposition's then kind of not really sure which way to go. So and if they do tailor, they actually may go the wrong way and suddenly actually they've got a suboptimal list. So I think mean, everyone likes order for battle, but actually um, it, it, it's a bit of a double bluff thing going on sometimes. I feel now because mm-hmm. everyone's getting so good at it. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's like terrain, isn't it? It's like just a game, another game within the game. Um, so that's that, that that? kind of what I was going for anyway. So it wasn't like there was a lot of other stuff on there that I was always going to rely on, uh, but there were a few uh, a few bits, and it was a nice way in a way just to see out the current cycle. So I used some standout cards um, like Year of the Risen Sun and um War wary throw some of the standout cards from that cycle um you probably throw pacifism in there as well you know they're, they're the cards that for me anyway stand out um and like it's been great to play with them and everything but i'm just so keen now to get into a new cycle and make it you know get it into
2: Sky. yeah yeah so yeah so not uh, long yet you've got february february you can play them in the event in february yeah, I'm happy. To managed... People to print themselves. <laughs> I, I managed
0: to I managed to win the deck, so I've actually got hard coffee. So uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so lucky me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So yeah, so um, right. That that's probably about it, really. But uh, no, I just I should probably say yeah. thanks to all my oppositions. It was uh, you know it was just great. I just was really um, so happy to be there and playing with such great players, and they were all very sporting and. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that made the day for me really is.
2: Yeah, you said that actually, I think you hit the nail there. It was a very close tournament. It was a lot closer, I think, than people fought. Um, like, it, it, I think it was. it's a testament to how well maybe the competitive scene for Bushido's maybe grown. Um, I agree. But, I
1: think it's because there's also a lot more players now. That's the biggest tournament I've ever been to with Bushido by some distance. 100%. So, yeah, and I think, but it, but not, uh, you know, everybody was playing at a very high level. There wasn't a single list that I, I saw, or you know, any of the games I, I kind of you know, had a quick look at, where I thought you know they were playing at any kind of anything other than a top level. It was a yeah. very strong field.
2: Yeah, cause I think I went into the last round, sat in third, like or sat in second or third or something silly like that, and then ended up finished like seventh, eighth, or ninth. I can't remember where I finished. I think it was like eighth or ninth, maybe. Um, it was just so close throughout the whole day. It was, it was good to see that there was no standout three nil, three nil, three nil, three nil. No disrespect to Al, because what he did was obviously brilliant. You know, he did it in, in. You know, he's still basically unbeaten at any masters that he's been to. Just he's yeah. gone from three nil and everything to having fun with foxes by the sounds of it. But yeah, it, it was just very yeah, close, yeah. and nobody really like very completely. Hammering through the day, so yeah, no, it was it was a really good event. Um, I'll talk more about how I enjoyed it when we get round to me, but I think we should speak to Carl as the as the new uh, guest,
1: first person on. So yeah, Um, Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go next. Um, Yeah, so in terms of the um, the overall tournament, again, you know, like yourselves, it was it was a fantastic uh, you know event. It was uh, it was great to see lots of familiar faces, but meet plenty of new ones. I think uh it despite the that sort of like you say that almost competitive um push within bushido it's still played in in you know in the right way everybody uh really respects you know each other there's no uh kind of animosity or anything like that at any of the tables it's fantastic to see you know such a competitive group all get on and play really well together you know i've been in other uh, other games other competitive scenes that's not always the case so it's really nice to see that that's actually retained in bushido it's always kind of been there if you know with this kind of increased influx of players um at the competitive end it's really good to see that still retained um so i took a dissension list and i've been playing dissension for a number of years and it probably doesn't need too much introduction it's uh it 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 fuels uh, bazembo primarily Uh, merry men. yeah like uh, so many dissension lists do um but it is a tweak on, on what I've been playing. So uh, primarily for the last few years, I've been playing the uh, with a Naigubu uh, kind of support to, to focus and then channel six key to him uh, to, to make sure he's as, as efficient as possible and get those shots off in turn uh, one and two. But this time I put Naigubu into my Order for Battle sideboard alongside the uh, newly errated um, Narahobo because he's got sixth sense rather than my favorite previously was Rio Hobo. So my list, my main list was Bazembo um, with a, a cloak of alacrity uh, to get him out of combat should he need it. Though I managed to forget that twice during the weekend. Um, I had Amaruk, who's the uh, female tribeswoman with the uh, with the javelin and so brutal knife and brutal javelin. Uh, Eleven Rice, she's just incredibly efficient yeah, for her rice. She's good. really uh, quite a superstar within the list. Rio Hobo retained his spot even though he's lost six uh, there. Ability to give out six cents with a virtue token, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, he can heal and clear all sorts of other states, so he's still a real uh, bargain at eight rice. I used Torobo and gave him the Talisman of Grace, so he's my scenario runner. So, if you don't know what that does, it um, he can uh, once he does a scenario action, he can spend uh, a key and get some uh, uh, get an activation back. Then for some punch, this is where I, I kind of skewed the list uh, from what I previously used. I used uh, Hiroto, Drunken Master and Eldest Brother uh, because I was finding that in previous lists I kind of lacked that melee punch and so I wanted to try those out and with the Eldest Brother and the Vial of Raijin's Breath I then took Attack from Above as an event and that's one where it's friendly model rather than a faction model or Tengu or a so it's friendly model which of course Eldest Brother then is and when he uses Cloud Walk with Vial of Raijin's Breath you surprise whoever you attack with that attack from above so that's fantastic uh kind of you know combination uh though having set all of that up i then didn't use it once during the uh <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody just saw it coming really <laughs> and avoided it um but it was it was good to have that threat um uh, yeah so that was the list i it kind of it does exactly what it says on the tin really i think it, most people know how a bazembo uh, list works it's all about fueling him and trying to keep him as uh, you know as far away from the action as possible still keeping him effective so within those bands 6 12 and 18 uh to make sure he you know he's firing as much as possible um but without kind of putting himself in too much danger um in terms of the games i played i mean i had a mirror match in the first one against another Bizembo list which was very interesting because that was very cagey we each knew exactly what the other list was was going to try and attempt um, there were some you know some variations actually that his list took uh, the second big samurai bird hakibo okay. and he then put on some movement tricks and so i know he you know i knew his threat range was sort of 14 to 16 inches with a you know either a charge or a, a potential run then then melee so i just stayed out of that range the two Bazembos stared at each other across the field for a, you know almost the entire first turn um, and it really just came down to a, a you know a couple of rolls um, early on i managed to ping his tarobo you know to the to the last wound with my with my first i took the first shot and you know, took the plunge and managed to kill his Toroba. he basically just overrun him by by an inch or two probably and i just got him into the, into range and uh and and got the right shot we got the lucky dice um and in the end i managed to you know i, I got that one three nil but um it, that doesn't sound close it was an incredibly close and cagey game and it was only some very unlucky dice with Hikibo that that saw him go down to, uh, yeah, it, it was um, the three models that kind of you know all surrounded him and stabbed him stabbed him in the back. So that was a great game. I then moved into a game against Silver Moon, and this was the the game that I lost. I lost uh, this one uh, one 2 and I found I find that I do this a lot when I run into lists and models that I don't know well or haven't played into often that I run, run headfirst into all of their tricks. Uh, Silver Moon have a lot of tricks, and yeah. I certainly ran into a few yeah. of these, and I hadn't an- anticipated um, some of the interactions. So there's a new rose. I'm going to get the name wrong. Is it Satsuko? I think that's right. Uh, yes. it new could, rose. Yeah. yeah, it gives out uh, an inordinate amount of um, buffs uh, to the rest of the uh, warband, and that was really good to see. It was really clear this uh, this list had been built around all those sort of interactions and, and making it kind of into a well-oiled, well-oiled machine, uh, and had a, had its own eldest brother into the mix as well uh, and brought Tashiro. So, you know, good at making everybody aggressive. It was a very, very good list. Okay. Um, good to see. It, was, it ended up one, one, two, probably could have been two, one. It was very close towards the end. I know, uh, I made a mistake in turn. I won't say it was about five, four, it was four or five. And, uh, We'd, we were one all at that point, and uh, instead of holding the middle and playing the scenario, which was the three idols across the middle, I over—I I chased down what was, an, you know, an overextended warband in, my, in kind of my corner of the table. And instead of just staying in the middle and <laughs> bagging the points, I kind of had a rush of blood and started chasing models down, and then just got outmaneuvered, uh, thrown here and there, and, uh, and made prone and and got overrun. And it was a real interesting point because it can, that kind of distraction of I could kill some stuff, you know, I'm on top and I've got that momentum meant I just carried on playing and made some really poor decisions towards the end of that game. That was really interesting. It was a great game. Um, then I played into a a Junglist, which again, so it sounds like I don't know what I'm doing at all, but I, don't, <laughs> I didn't recognize the threat on this one either. So this was an interesting one. I looked at the list and it looked fairly... Um, I, I don't know, normal, I, st- I guess kind of standard list. It had uh, eight or nine uh, Jung models in it. But the real, I think I overextended and again, walked into uh, Jory, who had the harpoon and a third activation and threw that at me, put everything behind it. And um, he has the key feet where he can make you prone. Yeah. So he made me prone. And then uh, Hibiki came around, you know, waited until most other stuff had been done. And then Hibiki used his, third activation which again i'd forgotten about to come round the back and uh and uh melee the uh, prone death sentenced um <laughs> so it was a stark turn two where i hadn't done, I'd done a bit of damage but i was i was a key model or two down uh, at that point mm-hmm. um and managed to claw that back to a, a one all but it was a it was a real wake-up call around um you know not recognizing again what the threat of the opposing warband is and just kind of Believing in my own, you know, engine that I'd built around Bosembo, so and overextending it. Um, last game was against an Ito list, or well, two Ito lists. There it was one that was Itsunagi, uh, and friends, and one that was Mizuki and uh, and friends. So, kind of two uh, very different lists. It was the Itsunagi one that I faced, um, okay. and this one was real knife edge. This was, was definitely the closest game of the four. Uh, it, it won't sound it because it did end up winning that one, but um, and three 0 But that's only because of the nature of that scenario. You uh, know, it's Osatsu and only scores yeah. in four, five, and six. So actually, uh, it was very cagey, real knife edge stuff right up to turn four. I, I got that first victory point, and then we weren't running out of time, but we were close, perhaps, for time. And so, but it was clear on that point because there'd been so much melee uh, and so much focus on each other's warbands that. I think uh, opponent was down to maybe two models. I think two models, and I had maybe four or five. So we just kind of theoried it out for turn five and six. I think there was no way, really, that he was going to be able to come back um, and threaten the victory points in in yeah. five and six and in the zones. So that was, uh, I think, that was probably the, the the best match because each of us had to you know really concentrate and think. Uh, almost every interaction was really really close. Every melee, every decision point was really good on that one. So. Yeah, like you know, four totally different games. You know, like I say played uh, Dissension, uh, Silvermoon, Jung, and Ito. So I've got a good mix. I think the interesting thing was I built my list uh, with the sideboard to kind of uh, to face into things with Darkness and with Breath of Yure and, and move in Sixth Sense if I needed it or if I needed it against ninjas. In the yeah. end, I didn't need any of that, so I didn't really change it at all. I only made one change, which was the final game. Which was because i hadn't used naigubu all weekend i thought <laughs> i'll put him in um, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. he fueled he's for that last game um that was really good uh yeah he did he did well um but i didn't feel like i needed him i like the, the the turn the twist of the list and to have uh, that hitting power from the Ronin, yeah uh from hiroto and eldest brother was really cool that, that's just a bit your of different way of kind of,
0: yeah that's how i saw your list evolve during um our practice games because uh, I think to start with, it was all about kind of fueling Bazembo to the point where he could do maximum damage, which was great. But then you kind of got like to the point where he's efficient, maximum kind of optimal efficiency, uh, but the was doing other stuff as well. So suddenly he had like different, you know, different threats. So suddenly it was like, you know, not just one big maximized threat. It was like two very strong threats. Um, and and that that's kind of and the scenario runner and stuff like that. Suddenly the list was like doing lots of lots of things and putting you under quite a lot of pressure. So yeah, it was interesting
1: to see yes. how you. How I think you was better on. to have that spread threat. Yeah, that spread threat was threat uh, much like yourself with the the brothers hitting in in turn uh, two, but then Waku kind of following that up. Uh, it was better to have that. So Brazembo having a, a competent threat rather than being this ultimate tower, and then having the uh, yeah that second wave of. Piroto and uh, an eldest brother, and I think they flanked twice and just uh, and started on the table twice. It didn't seem to matter uh, particularly which way I used them. They were both, you know, they were still very good. Okay. Yeah. Everyone knows they're very competent at their rice level, um, and yeah, they they proved to be um, a, a great addition to the list. I'm not sure how I would replace them uh, yeah. currently with you know, in faction uh, models, but I'm certainly uh, going to try. Yep. Yeah. So was there a, would you make any change to that list if we were to, to play it if you play again,
2: or would you would happily take that as it is or
1: as like I said, I think i I was really pleased with how that list um performed. I made uh some you know I recognized these poor decisions I made in the in those middle two games, um and they they probably cost me a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah, I really like the the way the list played, I think it was it was you know I was happy how I thought it through the sideboard was uh you know considerable uh it had a little bit of everything uh should i need it so you use all the rice bale and the um virtue tokens in it and the sun goddess shrine all the usual stuff that people take uh in a sideboard so you can um, play into those things it was just coincidence really that the four uh, lists that i faced into i didn't really need to change that much in from the sideboard you know the last game was just that i just wanted to try you know make a change for the sake of it in in some ways um no, so I think I, I think for me, I've seen there's such a explosion in the use of run-in models. Uh, I'm keen to, you know, it's great. I wanted to try it out, but I think actually what I want to try is I'll take those back out and see what I can do in faction. Uh, I still I, I tend to play out of theme anyway, but I'm going to see if I can get uh, the same effect with some some faction models rather than the run-in. That's probably the next tweak for that one. But I think I've played these uh, I've played Descention for so long, I need to. I need to branch out, try something else. Try, try, try using these lists that I keep walking into and don't know uh, that well. So stop getting caught out. would be my. That's my next thing.
2: What are your other options? What else have you got? I'm sure I've seen you play something else once before.
1: Uh, I actually have uh, all of the factions. I think probably with the exception of Shiho and Kinshi. So. Oh. <laughs> I have Plenty, spoilful plenty of choice. To choose. Yeah, spoil for choice, but then in in a way that's its own. Uh, yeah problem you can't play them all and certainly i don't have enough games locally to to cycle through all of those yeah. and uh yeah so i guess you know i i can probably count on one hand how many times i've played into a silver moon list and they, they're always slightly different you know roughly what they're going to do but not necessarily everything and i think that's where my own uh, lack of knowledge of every every model of you know, and they, and how they interact that's absolutely key um yeah, that's what's what, what let me down this time. So I need to need to revise. That's what I need to change next time. Let's do some more revision before I I come in. To be honest, I think
2: I'm exactly the same as you. There's still like, I think playing what I've probably been playing less than yourself, but you know, two, three, four years maybe playing Bushido now, and yeah, I still see things. I'm like, so that's going to do that, is it? Oh yeah, okay, fine. That's not a problem. You know, you just try and think about. You know, I think. I'm very much like yourself. I'm so focused on what my list does. I mean, I'm slightly different in the sense that my list can take a lot of punishment. But, like, yeah, I'm so focused on what my list does. I don't really mind what you're going to try and do because I'd hope to think that I'm either going to survive it or I can just continue doing what I can do. So, yeah, I see what you mean exactly with that. You know, I think the game is so big in the sense of there's so many different models and factions and each faction can be played so differently because how Cray plays Colt will be completely different to how my local player plays Colt and there's so many different inbuilt faction like play styles I think it's, it's always going to be hard to to know everything unless you are one of these machines that we met that just be like oh yeah you can just do this this and this and then you've got gazillion activations and yeah, brutal fire
1: yeah that's very well put that's exactly how i i I focus on what i'm doing i i know my bit inside out and i played that list a long time played you know i would consider dissension my main faction and so i know my stuff inside out but i'm i'm kind of too focused on that and and like craig says his play style is much more you know my my warband does its thing but i'm gonna mess with yours so i probably need to get into you know understand those kind of things uh better uh to, to have just spend, more, uh, yeah, spend they, more time on the Bushido not out. Lost, just, just not get lost in the bloodlust of killing <laughs> stuff in the, middle, in the middle of the game and, uh, and remember there's a scenario as well <laughs> yeah we've all done that <laughs> yeah we've all done that <laughs> we've all been there
0: yeah. oh, fantastic so it sounds like you had a really good time
1: yeah, it's, um, yeah I mean every single game is a learning experience I learned from every single one of those and not just you know um, it, seeing pe- people move models I wasn't expecting you know and kind of moving them into different positions in the battlefield. I think you always learn from that. But yeah, certainly the construct of the list and how they interact. So yeah, it was great stuff in every single game. It was really good.
2: Good. Yeah, very good. Fantastic.
0: Um,
1: great. Shall we Shall we move on to you
0: then,
2: Jack, if, you, if you're ready? Right, I can right? do. I'll try to be as quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it was a fantastic weekend. I, I think I've said it on the Discord, You know, probably one of my favourite um, sort of... Bushido event that I've been to um, and probably one of my favourite sort of just general gaming sort of tournaments that I've been to. I think it was amazing to meet some of the people that we speak to on Discord quite a bit Um, and just that first night of having drinks and, and playing casual games and just seeing how other people... Sort of think when they build lists was just so amazing like I've come away with so many different ideas and so many different plans around you know some of the factions that I play other factions Mm -hmm. that I've sort of always been on the fence with and now want to try um but yeah it was just a a really really good weekend um and I'm kind of looking forward to having it as a weekend event potentially next year so um I hope that if it does become a weekend event similar sort of numbers maybe five rounds over two days um more drinking and social bits in the middle will just make it a a bigger community event Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um which yeah it was that was the best part for me um i've kind of went into this event sort of um locally i've been sort of struggling with games not necessarily because of negative reasons more to do with locally we we've got like three blood bowl leagues now and everybody's playing lots of different games so to try and pin somebody down to to focus on a list was was always going to be hard and I was I was quite torn with my lists um but I had a great event in derby and I thought well I'm just going to tailor the list that I played in derby um and and just go with Minamoto. Um, They're hard hitting, they can take a punch and I didn't really need to think that much about them. You know, it was always, you know, attrition was the way that I was going to win. And to a degree, I think that's pretty much how I won the three games that I won was purely down to attrition. Um, And it really highlighted to me about how People say, like, Minamoto are slow. You know, the, the reason I lost the, ter- the first two VPs, even by chucking out Blizzard and bits and pieces, was purely the speed of the Minamoto and the way we were deployed. Um, so I couldn't, fortun- unfortunately, get to the idols quick enough because um, I played Foxes round one. Um, Blizzard kind of stopped them from getting to my idol, turn one, and praying, but it couldn't stop them from getting to the middle. Um Game two was one of the orders uh prefecture patrol lists. Um very, very good game. That was quite a interesting game. Um I think unfortunately for my opponent my opponent he made a really key decision to win the second scenario to, to win the first scenario point. But after we'd sort of both played Dure of the Rising Sun, he shut turn two down with Rokushan Um Lost the tactical test, and I had a full, like pretty much full key, um, pilgrim and full key, Karu ready to go. Turn top of turn two, and again, by the time we started scoring the next score, he had one Ashigaru left. So, pretty much most of the people I played into and I won was because they had very little, um, little left. Uh, third game was a mirror. Uh, always nervous to face a mirror match because I know how hard it is to kill. Because um, <laughs> that's sort of what my, my list was revolved around, not being able to be killed. Uh, a part of this, I got quite fortunate maybe with dice rolls. Um, but the two key differences for me for this was Karu and Pilgrim. Um, sort of leaning into that running, which I know some people don't like because, you know... The, They say that Pilgrim gives them the speed five that they shouldn't have. And again, Caru being able to have access to Vile, which other Minamoto models wouldn't have, makes him that bit faster. And that was what changed that game, really. It allowed me to... um, He he kind of overextended his Yuji turn once. He ran, he was exhausted on the middle idle. And Caru was like, well, I'm just going to Vile of Rage's Breath and walk in and hit you whilst you're down two dice. I think Pilgrim took a lucky pot shot. Didn't really do any damage. I think she did like one damage, but she got a stun on him as well. So he was down to one dice and Carrie was then able to come in and just, just hurt people with fire on him. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really good day. Um, it just, yeah, it was a great games. Game three, like I said, was really good. Game four was a really good interesting learning curve. Um, not really played into much of the family themes and stuff like that. So that was really interesting to see how that core mechanic of changing an idol, um, which in, in Asatsu is really important. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was really good. I've not really much more to say. Like, I love my list. Um, would I play it again? Probably. Am I going to play it again straight away? Probably not. I want to try and tweak some of the Minamoto stuff that I'm doing try and move it to more in-faction. Um, I, I kind of regretted taking Yuji because my list, he didn't play the whole day. Um, whereas I think the bear would have got a game in. So I was always going into the, the tournament with two minds between taking Yuji or um, the big bear, Yo-Yo. Okay. I, I couldn't make the decision on what I wanted to do. But I think with the fact that the change is the final change of the bear wasn't in play. I was just too worried about playing into Bazembo or heavy range lists, And ironically, I didn't play into anything with much range at all. So the big bear would have done absolutely fine. Um, But it's always a way you, you know, you can't odds that you've got to prepare for the worst and accept the best. So um, now we've got that final little change to the bear, which I think is a brilliant addition. It's Still doesn't make him it still makes him vulnerable to range attacks, but at least it's going to take two of them, or maybe three of them, to, to actually to do yeah. him to do him in. Um, so, so yeah, it's basically that, not that's like your,
0: your consumer's uh, style. You you you. Can't. Yeah.
2: So if he's got, I think it's like if he's got more than two wounds, um, he basically has to finish on one. So even if he did five wounds, he would be down to one wound. So at least that feels a bit like I can um try and get him into something turn two. Um, I played Blizzard quite a lot throughout the day, which I wasn't expecting to because none of my models like benefited from Blizzard. Um it was more used as a tool to sort of try and slow my opponent down. But yep. when you're playing into move seven foxes or um prefecture with like order and order and order it, it kind of didn't really slow anything down, um, but other than that, you know, it's something that I probably will keep using. Um, but yeah, it was it was generally a really good, you know, solid list that I'll continue to to work on. I've got ideas for my next event because I'm, you know, the, the 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 top Minamoto player on Longshank's badge is still still available. I've got a feeling Kuno will probably beat me to it because she just she played them a lot more than I have, so. Um I just need another couple of good events with them and then I'll be uh be up there, I think. So Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, that's you, sort of where I am with them.
0: Did you uh do you feel like the the balancerata, do you think that had a a meaningful impact on how you list performed versus like um how it's been doing today? Uh I I know generally it's Um Okay, but uh
2: Yes yeah. and no. Um obviously for me the key changes were the fire cami moving to uh, changing to move four. Um, and the pilgrims bouncing, changing. So the Raging's rage, not being able to target multiple, and not being able, And the her range attacks not being affected by the fire. Um, plus one strength um, was kind of a big change. It, it did kind of tone down her range threat. Um, but let's be honest, dice are dice. You know you can't stop rolling double sixes, and even if you are only getting a success level one or two, that's still a lot of damage. Um, which I can kind of feel is negative. But that's not the Pilgrim. That That is um, just dice being dice, really. But I think toning her down with the fire really does help. Um, it, and it also just made me change the way that I play with the fire rather than having the fire as these people to support Pilgrim and running off and like kamikaze in themselves and throwing fire galore. They just sit behind my two eaters and make them so much stronger. Um, and that's why like I was really toying with the bear because with the bear I can pretty much get the bear hitting everybody on plus seven melee strength when you know damaging like every single time with you know with the fire cammy. and it just makes that my beaters more beaty and um people like Eugene, nico you know they're already hitting you at plus two or three anyway so adding an extra to that and then having a fire just in case they don't kill you if the hit is is kind of nice, so um, yeah, it's really hard to move away from the the running and the fire, but I'm going to try, I'll probably keep the cami just because they work well with my my blacksmiths but um, yeah, we are going to try and uh, not play the pilgrim, but we'll we'll see Um, I kind of, I get why people are so down about her um, especially the people that have played my pilgrim like at Derby and things like that Um, she is very good but I've put an extra five or six rice worth of cards into her, so 24, 25 rice model. I Just kind of I expect her can... to be really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you know, by the time you've put in, like, Year of the Risen Sun, you know, um, finesse. Um, what I will say is that the um, Spark of Life change really good. Um, was it nice to have the extra key? Yes. Um, but the Shield of Light actually saved quite a few models. It actually forced me to play spark of life, you know, and, 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 and the other abilities on her card rather than just shooting everything. Um I think she managed to tank or she managed to help Nico tank Yuji's attack. So like, Yuji come in first, tried to hit hit um hit somebody before she die, they died. And by the time I done the armour and then did the shield of light three key, I think Nico took one damage and Yuji took stun markers. So It it it's just a different way of using her, really. Um, So yeah, the extra key, losing the extra key, probably helps tone her down a bit. Um, Yeah, but it's still a great card to take. I probably would still take it every time I take her, um, just as more of a defensive tech, um, more than anything. Um, So yeah. yeah, cool.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, So the, you found the cami speed wasn't an issue Because you've, you've kind of changed how you use them Yeah changed how I use them
2: um, and Especially if I'm taking Year of the Rise and Sun So I can always make them Move five both first time And then sort of get them up the board And then Year of the Rise of Sun and Sun and, and get that That, that health back um, Year of the Rose Sun I think as we've all mentioned was very prevalent throughout the day so it was kind of a point wasted it kind sort of got just got moved back to my sideboard most games because my opponent was playing it so why would I use it I can just take another card for other utility rather than using the same card twice so so yeah um, I don't yeah know, it's, I don't it's like the way the fire way. can be worked now with the, my beaters
0: I was quite happy to get yeah the key twice, to be, to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah. But the thing so, is, Minamoto and, and are it, not Minamoto very key-driven. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We're not very key-driven. The Year of the Rise of the Sun was purely to help um, the, the Pilgrim. Valkyrie. And oh, okay. so it was a good card for Pilgrim and Caru, yeah. basically. Pilgrim and Karu, the only two that really uh, benefited, benefited from having it early on. Um, and doubling it up probably meant that my opposition was getting that bonus as well. Caru um, so, we can still get it because
0: you you play it during key generation. Do you? Uh, hmm.
2: not sure. Don't, uh, don't, doesn't matter. <laughs> want to, want to oh, I'm Not sure. Uh, now you say that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: A lot. Of, to be fair, all of my all the opponents are you that. I, that played it and used it. They used it in key generation because they wanted to get the order and all of that stuff, like their first activation. They wanted all the yeah. key available. Um, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. And in my game, in my last game, interestingly enough, which was against... Um, did, oh, I can't say. <laughs> in my last game, uh, we both took Karu and they ended up killing each other. So I killed his first, then his last stand, Karu, then killed my... Karu and triggered my last stand and it was just like, oh. And that was where... That was the key sort of defining factor of the game because I moved Pilgrim just a little bit too far away from him so I couldn't, uh, we needed, we were going to clarify the rules interaction between last stand and Pilgrim's bringing them back on one key, on one health next to her Um, but potentially if that was allowed and my carry survived that would have been game changing for the next sort of half of the game. So that was my day. That was my weekend. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. Um, cool. Um,
0: so, yeah, it's a great... It well, sounds like everyone had a had a good time and uh sounds like you're ready to go again for next year, <laughs> which is already in diary. So that's cool. Um, I think mean, it looks like yes. it's going to be a two-day event at the end of January next year. I think that, that's what... Yeah,
2: it, I think uh, it's 27th and 28th or something like that, I think. Okay so um
0: yes yeah, so that's that's good to hear and you've got your own uh, your own event coming up soon as well at the end of february so um yeah, yeah good, to, good good to see uh, that there's um, more events on the way as as well so uh i look forward yes. to that
2: cool fantastic um so shall we cover uh, listener questions yeah, we can do some listener questions. I think more have been pouring in as we've been talking, um, which are good. So um, yeah, real first tight. off, if we don't do your question or answer your question, I do apologise. We've got quite, We've actually got more than I expected to actually have. Um, but yeah, they've been some really interesting ones. Um, I don't mind asking the question. And then if uh, one, all of us or both of us, three of us, two of us uh, want to sort of have your way of answering it, then we can go from there. We've not really done this before, so it will... Uh, um... We've not really had questions
0: like this. Before.
2: <laughs> no, we've not really had questions before, so we're just going to go with what we think it, it, it how it works, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, we won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there is a question here that I think would actually suit Gavin more than it would suit us, but I mean, I think the principles of how we do, would approach it, would probably work. So it was more about um, asking about if we could talk about some of the weirder themes now we have access to and how we would approach building lists for them. For example, um, Minkan Den Show, so the Infinity Mon- Monkey list. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, that was more of a Gavin question, but I thought I'd put it in there because... I guess the way we approach lists are probably going to be well very different from each other, but probably no different to when we approach anything, really. Um, I'm happy to start with like the way that I would approach that, because I kind of work off the same principle for all the factions and all the lists that I play, Um I kind of try and have a couple of distraction pieces, um, whether that's in Minamoto with the Big Bear or Nico, or in Ninjas with Katsumi and Rin uh, or Ghost, and then I kind of just try and fill the list out to try and um, play the scenario and support sort of those models. Um, so yeah, I always try and create distractions. So with like making, I can never pronounce it. That the, the Infinity Monkey list, um, you know, you've got a good opportunity to create um, a lot of, a lot of activations um, and cheap activations that that just strip activations. Because I think as it's sort of becoming more prevalent that the key to this game is activations and. How you um, utilise them. So for me, if you can maximise the amount of activations that you've got and minimise the amount of activations or effective activations that your opponent can have, um, then that would be key um, for me. So look at your distraction pieces that will fit in that theme, um, and then you know use your cheap monkeys and your cheap chaff to. To bolster your lines and um, sort of make your opponent's activations as less effective or as less meaningful as possible, is the way that yeah. I would approach that. I know it's not a real big answer on how to do it because I'll be honest with you, I've never really looked at the theme. Um, but well, what I'll do is, as I'll, I'll ask Gavin to write up I've
0: something for you. Um, I've seen Gavin play them a few times, and I think he's it's interesting I mean obviously they've got quite a lot of overlap with the foxes because um the okai make a core part of it but they bring the animals with them and they lose out on some of the kind of um theme locked parts of the inari but then they sort of bring this new element so uh, I think their strongest feature is that intangible on turn one because it makes them incredibly fast and that should synergize really well with (laughs) the new weakened sky uh, card uh, which which yeah. gets rid of um, some of the movement buffs but not intangible so you're yeah. really 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 fast in getting across the table so I feel like there's something there anyway for clever deployment um, and you could use scenery you know, to, to kind of you know delay your position at the same time you're getting across the table super super fast um, it's got a good yeah. it sounds like it's got a strong scenario play um, whether there's enough in the rest of the list I, I don't know I think those uh, new sort of armored foxes will really help um, all round. Yes, because uh, they've got some really good synergies. Um, they're not quite out yet. I mean, they they synergise very well with Kyoto, but I think they're just generally very good anyway. Um, so, yeah. uh, so yeah. be good to see.
2: I think Jason was talking about one of them as well, wasn't it? I can't. Is it Senshi or something? I can't pronounce it. Um, is it Sensai? or Senshi? Yeah. So I think there was a way in in that list. In that theme that, you know, it can be really effective. I think turn four, uh, she can potentially have four activations, I think. Yeah, um, yeah it goes through Vitality
0: and the uh, the upgrade. Vitality
2: yeah. and her card. So um, with yeah. the card that allows, you know, soon to have an extra activation. So, <coughs> sorry. Um, yeah, there's potentially some good opportunity there to, to maximize activations, especially with probably a model that's going to be one of your bigger investments in the list because a lot of it like you said is the cheaper animals um yeah so i think the uh, cheap- yes.
0: for the inari box the followers of inari is your your leading theme um i don't think yeah. kandancho is necessarily designed to be as good as it but it's it offers another avenue of playing the game and um, yeah. and that's kind of cool uh, so i think uh, from my perspective anyway it's, it'd be really good to see like that in you know, as a thing, when they release these things, like they have like um two themes, and it probably will be always be that one is kind of like the go to one, but it's really cool to have an alternative one, like like inkshi do now. You probably want to always go for like you know the, the sort of the portal theme, but actually, it's really cool to have this theme with the rolling and do other stuff in. So, I, I really, I just really personally, I just really like that idea um because it just allows you to, to do something very different with uh, with uh a similar bunch
1: of models cool. yeah i don't have anything to add really. i think you know jack i think you said it well I, um, and as i've mentioned earlier i, I had run head first into uh, into things watch it tear me apart and i'll learn that way so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think that, the way i write my list I, I want my you know i write a list of a theme and a, and a an idea of what I want it to do. So I build my engine first, then I'll look at, you know, how does it then interact with the scenario? I've just kind of the, you know, its interaction with other warbands is probably my last aspect. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to change uh, too much about how I come into these games, but I'll probably I'll learn from my mistakes, I think.
2: Yeah, not 100%. But- cool, perfect. That's one question down. Next. Ooh. This' is like a two or three part by the looks of it. So, how do you feel Bushido changes in a tournament scene? Do you look at the game differently, oh. i.e. I can't win, but I can deny my opponent another VP? Or do you focus more on scenario and see a big drop in outright table your opponent, slugfest, etc., etc.? So, I think this one's basically asking... How do we feel about changes in the recent, you know, influx of competitive players? Um, you know, is it do you just try and kill everything, or play scenarios, or if you're not going to win the win the scenario, you know, do you try and just deny VPs for the sake of denying VPs? Um, I think I think
0: you always try to play a tight game, but I don't think. Know, you need really <laughs> need to deny people VPs, you know, unless you're really going for them. Um, you just just keep keep playing the game and try to turn it around. But um, I think what I find with some of these lists is it gets to the point where either their thing works or your thing works. So uh, I don't know. I don't know whether this bears out in the stats, but it feels like, uh, particularly on some scenarios, you at the top tables you start getting a lot of free zeros. Where actually, kind of other tables, you might be getting much closer results because, like, the lists are so optimized, and um, it can be a very quick game and very one-sided if one if one kind of thing wins out overall, and it could easily go either way. Most of the time, it's just a few key moments that normally just you know sway it um so yeah so it's a it's a, it's a weird thing because actually uh, those games tend to be really really quick so but that's Bushido it can be so tight and drawn yeah. out at times and then other times it's just kind of like goes one way and um the snowball effect happens and suddenly it's it's a free zero before you know it so um but it's just such a wild range but I, I guess just bringing it back to the point is just as people are refining their list and getting more competitive and know kind of what your stuff's doing and being able to counter it and put their own things out it's just adding that kind of extra level to the game um and uh, and it probably was there before it's just you know it's just it seems more more apparent once you get um 40 odd people doing it rather than you know um, a dozen or 20 um it just you know, scales up a bit. So, I, well, so I, I haven't been playing a game that all that long either. So, I don't know kind of how it worked in other editions and things. But, but it feels like in the short space of time I've seen it that it's it's kind of rapidly, um, you know,
1: it's, it's sort of gone up a level.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely, it's definitely escalated. Um, you know, at, at that competitive uh, end. But you know, as I say I'm not sure. Um, yeah, not not for any any detrimental. Uh, kind of thing you know I think it's just it sharpened everybody's um, uh, focus on the game and what they can get out of it and those interactions um, in terms of denying I don't I don't ever play it that way I would never look to try and deny it's not about denying I, if, if I'm losing I'll still try and hang in there because actually losing even 2-0 compared to 3-0 there's actually better more tournament points for me rather than denying my opponent so yes always try and do that actually so I suppose it's not about deny, it's just about um, what can I still gain for myself. 100%. Even from the back foot. So I, I don't think that's, I think that's probably the bit, rather than trying to deny my opponent or frustrate them, it's just about trying to get something out of it for, for myself.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in what you're saying with that, because I think Bushido's a part of what, well, still what I find really appealing is um, how you don't, I mean, it's nice to win every game, but in theory, you can draw or lose a game and still finish somewhere near the top. Um, (coughs) Sorry. Um, So, yeah, I don't think... I think if you're looking at it it as, oh, I can't win this, but I'm just going to deny my opponent a point. Maybe you need to have a think with yourself in terms of, that's not really the right way to look at it, because, um, like you just said, losing two one will still get you points. Um, it's nice that you
0: get decent points in for a draw in Bushido, I always thought because, like, TV, yes, when you're first starting out, you really play for those draws, and in some games, you literally just get nothing. <laughs> you know, basically, it's like you know, it, yeah. the difference between you know, win, win or win lose. Win. That's it. Yeah. And, and it might know, be possible to get a draw in some games but like actually it's fairly well pointed in Bushido so that you feel like you've actually achieved something um and uh and, and that's and that's nice because if you've both really like fought hard over something and uh you've had a tight game the last thing you want to feel like is that both of you have kind of you know um done each other out of doing well overall uh, and that doesn't, in my mind, really happen in Bushido. You both actually kind of, you know, are in an okay position. Okay, obviously it's nice if one person has one for their overall result, but actually it's quite good that both still have a relatively good standing and, you know, can go into the next round with, you know, uh, actually kind of like feeling like it, that there's the, still still something to play for. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I quite like that. I know you can do these point systems in 101 different ways, but um, keeping things kind of uh, Comparative like that, I think just kind of helps overall. It's, you know, a bit more of a feel good factor.
2: Yeah, hmm. yeah. I yeah. think I think next year will be another good test for the game um, because I think previously I've not seen or know of any two day. Because um, I can only assume that's going to be a minimum of five rounds. I can't see you'd be doing two two games on one day and two games on another, I've got a feeling that'll be more like three and two or three and three. So um, I think that's where you'll see tournament points come into their own. Cause I think you'll get players playing a much wider spectrum of games um, and playing a different array of skill levels. So hopefully, you know, that'll probably be where those one all draws and the, you know, those sort of draws will actually start to, to come and play. Or even the 2-1 losses will come into play and actually those extra points that you get will really make a difference. So, yeah, I think the influx of competitive players is is great. I mean, it sounds daft. I probably consider myself as one of those influx of players. I'm not necessarily... Whilst I'm competitive in nature, I still don't, you know, I still don't see myself as yeah, elite competitive players. I, I just like what I play and... It seems to work, um, whereas you've got some of the machines out there that are just calculating, right, this does this and this does this. And, you know, like, you know, as they, like, yesterday announced the new Acusa card and someone's already calculated they can get 16 activations with something turn one. My brain doesn't even think, like, or comprehend that level of detail on how it gets those sort of figures. It's just about, right, I need him to do this and this, this this mm-hmm. and that's going to work and that's going to stop that and that's going to do this you know i, I just plan the way that I, I do things so yeah i think competitiveness is is really good um we, we can only really i think it helps you, um at all
0: but still a fact a small snippet of the the wider bushido meta because like we generally yeah. just play in the uk um it'd be great if we could get around a bit more but you know, um, we haven't played like you know in in the in the other metas out there, and the, there are quite a few. So um, maybe in the future we might get a chance to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, so it may well be that what you know what we see is very different actually from whatever people are seeing.
2: You know, there's been rumours of like scenario, like of um of like I don't know how uh, camp- to describe campaign. it. I don't know what the word is. Campaign. That's the word that I was looking for. Campaign yeah. playing angles. I think there's so many different ways to play. Bushido, Um, and I think because of the way that it scores, because of the prize that's on offer at these big events, I think you're naturally going to sort of um, sort of entice the competitive players. I just think it's been really good. I I think it's definitely helping nail down sort of the small interactions and rules and things that may have been sort of casually overlooked, not necessarily intentionally overlooked, but you know, little. Little iterations about like, um, you know, things like the Arter and the Impetuous and it's stacking our it's flanking, you know, yeah. competitive players are driving to get cleaner rules. Um, so I think it's something to be embraced, not necessarily worried about. Um, and, and more balanced I
0: rules. It's... I think the balanced Arter, personally, I think it's a great, great job. I mean, it's... Um, yeah risk keeping so much information out there and letting people kind of, you know, debate over it and everything is um, <laughs> yeah. Fight yeah. It. It's uh, yeah. It's um but it's a great thing to do because it kind of feels more like a community project that everyone's had a bit of a, a, a say in um, and okay. You can't, can't make everyone happy and can't change everything and right. uh, with the rest of it. But, but I mean the idea to arm those kind of those things out and generally, um you know, get those models that don't, See much uh, much of the
2: table actually on the yeah, table.
0: Get get them out because I mean we've all mentioned a few models that have been impacted by the Arata, both you know positively and negatively, I suppose. But like, there's actually quite a few that um, I saw uh, at, at the event, which yeah, I just don't think I would have seen without the errata. I mean,
2: um, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. So I mean that sort of ties in with this other question that we've got here. Um Was did we feel that the errata was enough to bring factions into line? Um yes, I suppose so. I think the Aratas work really well. Um it's definitely made like I think I alluded to one of my other questions like previously, you know, it, it definitely made me change the way that I played Pilgrim and the way that I played my fire cami. Um I still think Prefecture can get a lot of order and a lot of their nonsense. It just might be that Hagane's not the 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 sword that's still thrown across the pitch um but if you
0: you look at long i they've got all the stats for the factions not just for the weekend um it's probably where you get that but yeah it is is quite interesting read that we're getting to the point where you actually have got enough numbers of games to actually make kind of some reasonable stats um so the the spread doesn't it spreads fairly tight but there are a few outliers and i'm quite surprised by some of the outliers actually but um yeah i i to be honest i don't i don't know if the bouncer are to specifically look to balance out the factions i think it was more in my mind anyway it was more looking at the individual models but obviously in turn yes. that does balance out the factions so you're kind of doing it um but yeah i, I don't i don't necessarily think it was um targeted at that level in, in that sense uh the only no. the only thing that i mean they did mention she there was sort of a Plans for Sheehy, and I think that's just not so much a balance issue entirely as a, they're new, so they're just missing certain things from the toolkit. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think I'd think i agree with you. I think also we've got to sort of tap into that this balance Art of the final edition wasn't really published until the week before this event. Mm. Um, so I think. Up and coming events, maybe the smaller events. I mean, we've got oh, only say the smaller events. We've got a couple of smaller events locally, um, and then you've got the expo in June. So maybe the expo is where we'll actually see the biggest impact on some of these balancer changes. But yeah, yeah I, think I think with so, yourself.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I've had time to di- digest every aspect of the of the balancer yeah. I'm sure there's there's some mm-hmm. stuff in there that's going to you know make me think of the game in a different way and, and reevaluate quite a lot of my models and, and factions so yeah. that that can only be a good thing even at a glance you can see there's some stuff that like you say has probably never seen the light of day since you bought it and painted it and it's uh you know it's now a valid choice or at least something to exactly. make you rethink and that that's that probably shows what a good job it was and yeah looking at the you know you look at the faction breakdown for the tournament we just had it is a fairly even spread um mm-hmm. you know yep. everybody represented really it's uh and, and you know and well represented only, only Kinshi was the you know, the only faction with a single player, but otherwise everyone, two, threes, fours. It was good. I think it was good to see such a such an even spread, um, and and diverse in terms of the you know what the construct of each of those uh, factions was. It wasn't like there was, yeah, you know, two or three net lists kind of you know everybody bought exactly the same thing. So I think within faction there's plenty of balance as well, uh, and the the balance of art can only have helped with
2: that. So this is more for you, Craig, than than us. Um, so I don't know if we're classed as good because we didn't win do you all find being good at Bushido an attractive gentleman a blessing or a curse <laughs> uh,
0: that's, that's a, a kind question that someone's uh, obviously uh, given us
2: but yeah. <laughs> it's a blessing I should say <laughs> no more of a curse to my opponents having to put up with looking at me at the other side of the table yeah,
0: that's it. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, no idea what to say to that
2: one. Uh, right, I think we're pretty much rolling towards the end now. We've just answered one. Pretty much talks about have you ever thought about how alternative stroke or add-on rules, sets of work in machinery, e.g., a campaign system, solo play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, I think we've sort of talked about how we we are quite intrigued about how a campaign um system would 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 play. Um like I said, I think Jason has mentioned it once or twice that they you know, there is rumors that there is something in the background somewhere. Um I don't know anything about it as such, that you know, they've looked at that more campaign um play. So hopefully we'll see that with regards to solo play. I, I couldn't tell you, like, I don't really play solo games. I, one of the reasons I play games is to, to to play with other people and play games, you know, friends and stuff like that. So, you know, is there an option for it? Potentially. You could definitely do spin-offs. Um, you know, something about Hiroto and his endeavours, meeting his running buddies and bringing them back to the Juarez. All sorts I
0: think, of... I think you can do so so playing BG is difficult because of the combat mechanic quite frankly and yeah. um that obviously <laughs> there's you can't really kind of like you know um get the full spectrum of what was what like to play against someone um but you can kind of make sensible decisions and kind of play it out so like you know be kind of like an, an AI for it effectively um yeah and and you know through initial play testing it is something that um is done and uh, you know i know everyone takes the mick out of me but i normally do have a, a test run with a, a warband just to kind of get the more of the board positioning to be honest and just some of the kind of sequencing clear in my mind um but it was also quite helpful if you just want to quickly test something and sort of see how roughly it does on the table kind of what what does it really look like um so i, th- I think it's possible um uh but there's yeah there's It is, is like i said it's not not something that i've necessarily gone for i think we've like now been able to play games in real life and um even tt uh the, the the tabletop simulator uh option as well there's quite a lot of good options there um but uh yeah it's 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 an interesting idea isn't it i know a lot of other games and systems use it quite extensively so uh yeah mechanically, I think it it probably can work it's just it's just somehow figuring out that combat mechanic
2: yeah no cool um do you think there should be different scoring conditions for vims, not just making it um end closest to the opponent's board edge um, shortest answer yes. Yes, um, <laughs> I think we'll all agree. Yes, there should be other ways. Um, one of my tournaments, I don't know this player does normally come to one of my events. Um, I don't know if he made that one, but yeah, we did try it where your vim had to kill the opponents' vim, and I believe yeah. that was in one of the previous edition in the previous edition as well. That was one of the scenarios as well. So um, yes, um, I do believe uh, that that. that that's yeah. something that should be considered. And let's be honest, with the way that the Bushido is and the way that tournaments are, there is that degree of flexibility. You can still, you know, there's quite a few different tournament packs out there and there's nothing to stop you. Even if you want to stop, you know, play with your friend, you you, you create a, um, your own way of VIMS scoring. And I'm sure if you if it works really well and you get enough sort of feedback locally, let Jason know you know, drop a message on Discord. I think he's quite open. You know, the fact that we've tried like three or four different clock variations across the last Grand Masters and we're still not set on which one he wants to, you know, put as the official one. You know, they're quite open. I think we're quite blessed as a community. There's not many games that put like a forum out there and say, um, what do you think of this? And get so many opinions, you know. Some of the bigger systems are just, this is it. It's black and white. That's the rules. If you want to play it, play. It. If you don't, don't. You know. So yeah, I think we are kind of blessed that you know, if if you did come up with a new mechanic that you thought was really cool, or you know, you, you decided that you know my Vim scored because it did this. You know, I think they're open to it. That you know, mm. they're not they're not adverse to listening to that sort of stuff.
1: It's, 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 it, it, would it would be it great. It would be great to see Vim doing a bit more other than just making a run for it. So, yeah. like you said, you know, Vim versus Vim kill, or whether it just any any kill could be in another scenario one, or you know, do a scenario action, anything that gets them involved in the game other than skulking at the back and then making a run for it
2: at the, um, towards the yeah, end, yeah,
1: towards the end, um, you know, and, and then perhaps something with two VIMs, you know, we you can actually have a, a scenario that's based mm. on, on that's that, so that actually maybe there's one that you have to protect and there's one that's more of a, you know, is going to have to do some things, that, like, say, fight the enemy, make a kill. So, yeah, something with two VIMs would be an interesting dynamic, I think.
2: Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Chido, um... you know, I'm lucky <laughs> if
1: I can figure out one VIM, so
2: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just take... Just play- Kazuko is it no I can never pronounce his name Kazuki Kazuko the the Ashigaru the named Ashigaru Archer 15 yeah, Royce he's yeah. of him there you go <laughs> and he puts cover out um right i think we've got two more um we've sort of touched on this one already should tournaments score differently to allow more time uh between and um, potential newer players to the scene or are we happy with keeping it the elite of the elite only hmm. I so I I ran
0: a small tournament uh last year of last year and we had it was a small event but it was pretty much new players by and large newish players um and I thought that was a really great thing because it it was um uh I I, I did it through long shanks but it wasn't um recorded so people didn't have the pressure of thinking about you know this is going to be my long-term score or something like that um so it's it, in my mind there's tournaments you know can be a very good kind of just uh, you know an event an occasion to get people together um you know it just happens to be a tournament at the same time um obviously you go to grand masters it adds enough you know the more competitive lens to it um but i think you know, I don't. I don't think there needs to be any kind of um, you know tiering or anything like that. I think uh, um, there's there's space for you know different ways to play. It's just you know, I guess for a tournament, it's more structured. It's organised, as they say. So you're sort of signing up for a certain kind of you know set number of games, and you know you play who who you draw against and all the rest of it uh, from there on So some extra rules you're, you're against. Um, but yeah, I actually am very keen to hopefully do a few more performance this year um looking f- to hopefully get more of the the newer players onto the you know into the game so i'm hoping that we avoid any kind of um concerns or barriers or anything like that because i think it's much healthier for the game to get people
1: in and you know know that they can have a good time yeah i think there's it, uh, it's uh, the entry-level point of the game is because you're only playing over those three um scenario points um and the the faction balance is quite strong. Actually, you don't need to, you know, there's no such thing as an elite player. I think, um, you know, if you look at my own experience, I, I, I didn't do too badly within the tournament, and yet I readily recognise I made some very questionable decisions mid-game, uh, you know, uh, and it, at those points, I think mistakes will be will be made all the way through. It's, there's no such thing as a, a truly, it's not an elite, uh, you know, must-know every every role, every interaction, uh, for you to be able to enjoy the game and play well.
2: Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think with the way that it scores now, I think it we touched on the the, the question earlier about um, like conceding VPs or you know getting VPs. I mean, it's a great way of as a tournament for newer players. You know that a couple of VPs can actually get them points. So, rather than just going to an event and losing all four games and finishing on zero points and not doing it, unless they've been unfortunate, they lose everything 3 0, 3 0, 3 0, you know, which is, is very unlikely. There's, you know, as we just said, like the, generally on the whole, the, the factions are fairly balanced. Um, I think the player that I played first round, it was his fourth game of Bushido in person, you know, and he could still score that first VP. And that wasn't necessarily because. Um oh, I don't know what's the way of saying it, you know, about sounding rude. Like he was still a new player, and I'm still what a class probably a class as an experienced player. There was no way that I could stop that scoring from happening as yeah. such. It was going to happen regardless of whether I was new or not, or he was new or not. So I think a newer player shouldn't be worried about um competitive players or so I think if you just focus on what your faction does and do what your faction does well um and yeah. and just try and score points just, just focus on scoring your points and you'll soon amount to getting VPs and VPs will get you points and eventually you'll start climbing the ladder. Um, so yeah I think, I think if you change the scoring system you could potentially ruin that. I mean I come from Guild Ball. Once you'd lost a game you kind of knew there was no point; you weren't playing for anything because once you'd lost, you lost because it was the way that it worked. You started going to the bottom of the rankings, and you know you couldn't win. So, yeah, I like the way that the points work. I, I don't see any benefit to changing the point system. I'm not saying that I wouldn't be adverse to it, but for me personally, at the moment, I think the, the way the points work allow new players to to sort of still feel like they've achieved something. And, you know, when I was the very first playing, my target might be to, to get two VPs throughout the day. You know, and I know that's quite small, but you start turning it up to, right, okay, maybe one win, you know, and then you can just progress and work on it that way. Because let's be honest, if you're going to tournaments, it's probably for one of two reasons. One, you just want to get games in, or two, you actually want to start playing the game more competitively so you can start setting yourself targets and that could be in the way of victory points or, you know, getting 10 10 tournament points throughout the day or whatever it may be. So, yeah, for me, really.
1: Yeah, I think it's really easy to be competitive, you know, even as a beginner kind of player. It's just that kind of game the way it's balanced the way the scenarios play out and that sort of almost that not quite, almost that rock paper scissors of you know what you've brought to the table actually might be the perfect counter to even an experienced players uh, yeah. you know list so um, and you know you've got the scenario within that as well and actually there's enough variables there that even if you're not you know totally honed in on exactly what yours does or what your opponent's uh, tricks might be you can still be a competitive uh, you know at a tournament, um, whether it's a Masters or or a smaller local one.
2: Yeah, no, perfect. Cool. So I think we've got one question left. I've kind of saved this one to the end because I'll be honest with you, it's more of a, quite a direct question and it's probably one better for Craig to answer. Um, And it is all about fuel. We did talk about her a little bit at the beginning, but this is a more detailed question about it. So we'll go with that. Do you think the pot should have a restriction on placement? i.e. like within six inches of the centre line or something. What do you think about this insignificant change? Have you tested it yet? Is it really changing something or is it still an infinite source of way of protecting Waku? Yeah. So um,
0: I think the protection on Waku is, um, is is obviously very good but it does anchor him to a specific point on the table and uh, that that can be quite limiting, uh, particularly in some scenarios. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I think I think it's basically not necessarily a, a massive issue, um, and it is something that the you know the designs were aware of from the outset. So um, they sort of you know probably are keeping an eye on that, but they don't necessarily feel like it's something that people have been overly concerned by. I think the positioning of the pot is interesting because I probably do advance it quite far up the table. Um, I mean, if you keep it too far back, then when you respawn, you're not a very fast model. So you'll be kind of out of the game. So there is, but there is obviously a bit more risk involved with that as well. Um, so yeah, so obviously more parameters is, you know, um, forcing you to do something, but I don't, I don't feel like it needs it personally because I would typically position it about that, that distance anyway. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, you, there's lots of literal design things you could do. I think probably the insignificant one was the the most impactful and simplest change that they could, could do. So it's good to see that's happened. Um, it's probably best to just let that ride out for a bit and see how people get on with it, um, and, and then kind of come back to it, um, doesn't, doesn't feel like to me that you need to do too much more right now anyway until until you sort of get a better gauge on you know did that to do, do the job um but as i sort of said i know the cadence probably getting a lot of attention but i wouldn't say it was a particularly overwhelming model in every game throughout the weekend and at certain points in time it felt very oppressive i agree um but uh but but actually i think there were you know like I said other models on the list that probably actually did more overall, but inevitably it's going to get a lot of attention because it's a uh, model that's well on the radar and they were kind of expecting it to see what happened at this event before doing anything about it because they kind of wanted to get more, more data, more feedback, I suppose. So, uh, um, yeah, I, it's a, hopefully that's the kind of answer, it's not particularly well thought out perhaps, but Oops, uh, sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than, you, than your own, were there any other filler line uh, models there? I can't yeah, remember. yeah, there
2: was. I know it's from our local Meta took them with all the orphans. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, and gaki. So, yeah, there was a couple.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's it's a very good model. Just it's
2: great new user well, of the boat, best. <laughs>
1: but, but for such a powerful, you know, for a, what is deemed a powerful model in the game, interesting that actually the, there was relatively few in a big field. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think it's just getting the support pieces right. I think if you can get that puzzle perfect. Um, like I said, I played Scenario is a big thing. And I think once I'd learned how to play the rest of his list, it didn't matter because I could just once I'd killed the rest of the list, it fell apart. Whereas I think Craig's list, you know, it, it was quite hard to remove key elements of it. So, um, but yeah, no, we're going off on another tangent now, so we'll leave that. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it, it is interesting. It's one of those things, it's like I said, about brought up about Order for Battle, you know, everybody bangs on about Order for Battle, but three out of the top ten, not really great stats, is it? If you think of it like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and before that, it was Grey Pilgrim, and before that, it was you know, two gorillas, and, you know, there's always something that's... <laughs> there's always something. at the and... top, and it's, Yeah, yeah. And the key, it's
2: not necessarily new stuff either. You know, I mean, Fuhr was a new model that, that was very powerful, but a lot of the stuff that people have been finding has been sort of exploits of old, maybe less tight rules like Hagane getting to Brutal. I know it wasn't at the event, but as we found, Hagane getting to Brutal 5 um, and like plus 7 on her first combo attack or something, you know, it's always um, been there. It's always been able to been done. It yeah, never has it's been. Done. Um <laughs>
0: yeah, but that, I mean that's a good thing. I not think anymore. You've got a lot of, a lot of um you know uh good dedicated players who are kind of willing to find the stuff and share it and you know, weed it all out and um well, I'm hoping the balance to kind of got most of it. I'm sure there's something out there still, but uh I think now, I mean, we've, we've now we
2: should... got Master Ocusa and his new card to worry about with like that, that, Harry that's eleven.
0: Entirely. That's entirely new, yeah. So, uh,
2: (laughs) yes, um, is it Riku or um Kenko getting to parry 11 with Counter Strike Defense or something stupid?
0: Okay, yeah, it must be Riku, yeah, yeah, lovely. (laughs) Something to look forward to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's it, cool. I think that's a good place to wrap it up.
0: Great, okay, well thanks a lot yeah. once again okay. uh colin and jack for joining us uh on the show today uh thanks listeners and thanks for uh, all your questions that was uh good good fun for us to kind of you know uh, try 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 our best there um obviously you send more in if you've got uh more questions and we do our best to kind of put them on the show um so uh yeah um we leave it there just uh yeah thanks for listening bye now